0: This morning I'll share with you three of the best choices you can possibly make in this life, courtesy of St. Paul. They're found in the very first line of today's second reading from 1 Thessalonians 5, where St. Paul says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In all circumstances, give thanks. Rejoice Pray, give thanks. And just to drive home the idea that these three choices, these three decisions are extremely important for us to make, St. Paul adds the line, For this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Now that's a pretty bold statement, is it not? To say that you know the will of God for another human person or for a group of people is a very gutsy thing to do. You would better know what you're talking about, which, of course, of St. Course Paul did. He knew exactly what he was talking about. St. Paul knew that Almighty God wants each of us to live a meaningful life, a holy life, a happy life, to the extent that happiness is possible here on this earth. But St. Paul also knew that living that kind of life was impossible without rejoicing and prayer and gratitude. So let's look at each of those things briefly so that we can understand what St. Paul is telling us here and what St. Paul is not telling us here. He begins by saying, Rejoice always. Not just sometimes. Not just every once in a while. Not just on warm days, sunny days in June and July. He says, Rejoice always. Here we meet up with the difference between feeling joy and rejoicing. Feeling joy is something emotional. Feeling joy is an emotional response to something that pleases us. Children, for example, will see their presence under the tree on Christmas morning and they will feel joy. That will happen quite naturally, you won't have to prompt it in any way, it'll just occur. And If they've been particularly good during the previous 12 months, they will feel a lot of joy. Rejoicing is different. Biblically speaking, rejoicing is not an emotion, it's not an emotional response to something that we find attractive or pleasing. In the Bible, rejoicing is an act of the will. Rejoicing is a choice. Rejoicing is a decision. It's a choice, it's a decision to glorify and praise God regardless of what we happen to be going through right now at this moment in our life. And it's a decision that's made on the basis of what we know to be true. I don't always feel joy, nor, I suspect, do you nor does anybody else. But even when I'm not feeling joy, I can still make the conscious and deliberate decision to rejoice based on what I know by faith to be true. I know by faith, for example, that God created me in his image and likeness. I know by faith that God loves me perfectly, completely, unconditionally. I know by faith that God sent his Son into this world 2,000 years ago to save me from my sins and give me a kingdom that will last forever. I know by faith that God will never abandon me, that God will always provide for my needs. I know by faith that God will always forgive me, no matter how many times I sin, no matter how serious my sins are, if I go to him in true repentance, especially in the confessional. Those are some of the foundational truths of our Catholic faith. They were true yesterday, they're true today, they'll be true tomorrow, they'll be true till the end of time. They're true when we're feeling joy, and they're true when we're not feeling joy. So we can always rejoice in them, because they're unchanging, they're timeless. My health may change, and it has, as many of you know, in recent years. My family may change. My friends may change. My job situation may change. But the truth of who God is and what God has done for me will never, ever change. Notice what Isaiah says in today's first reading. He says, I rejoice heartily in the Lord. That's an important qualification. Not in the things of this world, not in the good circumstances I happen to be experiencing in my life right now, but in the Lord. Mary says the very same thing in today's Responsorial Psalm, which really wasn't a Responsorial Psalm. It's part of her Magnificat, but it's put in that place today. Mary says there, My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. So you want to know why so many people find it difficult to rejoice at this time of the year? It's because they're attempting to rejoice in something or in someone other than God. They're attempting to rejoice in the people and the things and the changing circumstances of this world. That's a big mistake. Mary and Isaiah... And St. Paul knew better than to try to do that. Hopefully now we do as well. After he tells us to rejoice, St. Paul then tells us to make the choice to pray. And to pray without ceasing. Now what is that all about? Is St. Paul telling us that we should say Our Fathers and Hail Marys at every moment of every day on our knees? No, he isn't saying that. He didn't do that himself. Prayer has been defined as raising your heart and your mind to God. Many of us have heard that definition, I'm sure, of prayer. Well, that's something that we can choose to do throughout our day, even when we're not at Mass, or saying formal prayers like the rosary. Perhaps you've never thought of this before, but the fact of the matter is, to the extent that we make God the reference point for what we say and do in our daily life, to that extent, we're raising our heart and mind to the Lord, to Him. For example, if we're constantly trying to discern and carry out the will of God during the course of the day, we're actually maintaining a prayerful spirit, even if we're not here at Mass in church or saying formal prayers or making a holy hour. In that sense, it is possible to pray without ceasing. Which brings us to the third choice St. Paul tells us to make. He says, in all circumstances, give thanks. In my Thanksgiving Day homily this year, I spoke about Robert Emmons. Some of you will remember this. You were here on Thanksgiving. Robert Emmons is a professor of psychology at the University of California, Davis. He's a professor who has spent the better part of his professional career researching the subject of gratitude. What it is, why it's important, how to cultivate it in our lives, etc. His work is so well respected that some people have gone so far as to call him the world's leading scientific expert on the subject. Well, after studying more than a thousand people of various ages over the years, from age of eight to the age of 80, Dr. Emmons has reached the conclusion that giving thanks is beneficial to us in many ways. He puts the benefits he's discovered into three separate categories, physical, psychological, and social. He says that physically speaking, people who cultivate gratitude in their lives have stronger immune systems, are less bothered by aches and pains, tend to have lower blood pressure, exercise more and take better care of their health, sleep longer and feel more refreshed when they wake up. He says, psychologically, they have higher levels of positive emotions, are more alert, alive, and awake, experience more joy and pleasure, and have more optimism and happiness. And he says, socially, they are more helpful, generous, and compassionate, are more forgiving, are more outgoing, feel less lonely and isolated. So I'm sure it won't surprise you to learn that Dr. Emmons suggests that we spend some time giving thanks each and every day of our lives without exception. I think St. Paul would highly approve, although he probably would add that gratitude also has spiritual benefits in addition to the ones mentioned by Dr. Emmons. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances, Give thanks. Three of the best choices we can possibly make in our lives. May the Lord help us all to make those choices every day and reap the benefits.